You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new, if you're at a party, or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, we're doing it again. Welcome to Wednesday nights live in PT Pinecast. I'm Jimmy McKay. I'll be your host this evening. Uh, we're going to get into something pretty cool. Love when we do this. Love the fact. Now, this episode was scheduled a few times. We'll get into why. But I like the fact that we are just a couple days past Memorial Day. And you'll see why this is really important. Uh, get into some uh, uh, different topics in terms of military physical therapy. It's a topic that comes up a lot. I know a lot of my classmates were looking at it, interested. Um, didn't know how to get a lot of the resources. Didn't know where to look for information. And I always say, look for the people. So we're gonna, we've got one of those people here tonight as your guests get digging into to military PT. So excited for that. Do want to say thanks to our friends from uh, your CBD store. CBDRX4U.com is the website. Giving you the ABCs of CBD. Why is a physical therapist talking about CBD on a PT podcast? Uh, this organization kind of founded among the idea that this is being used over the counter in a lot of areas. Some of your patients are using this, whether they are filling it out on their intake form or not. So if they ask, can you give them proper information? If the answer is 100% yes, you need to go to CBDRX4U.com and get those ABCs of CBD and figure out how is this going to affect their treatment? People are using it for sleep, wellness. Uh, figure that out. You want to know this. This is a, a thing that is spreading. So uh, thanks again to uh, CBDRX4U.com for keeping the show on the air. Let's talk military PT. Let's start the episode right Coming in hot. We actually had last week off because Memorial Day, so it's like we're blowing the rust off. But I'm ready to go now. Welcome to PT Podcast. I'm Jimmy McKay, uh, a show that saves physical therapists from missing out. You never want to miss out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an informative episode. Follow us on the socials. We're always sharing different things. We actually just retweeted a really cool post. I am admittedly an Olympics geek. And we were retweeting some information on how to get a, a, a U.S. Olympic team fellowship. This is like popping up soon. So if you're not following us on social media, you're missing this content that we have and are just giving away. So at PT Pinecast on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and on the gram, as the kids call it. I don't know why they call it that. It sounds a little weird, but it's Instagram at PT Pinecast. And again, the website, ptpinecast.com. We just had someone, I'm ship, we're shipping this out. 
Uh, you've got to have, you make sure this summer the beers are not warm. That would be disgusting. I don't know why they do that in uh, Great Britain, but they like warm beer over there. Not you, not me. So we've got this like Yeti-like device, the tumbler, the, 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 the bottle of the can holder. We've got those uh, fashioned with physical therapy logos from all 50 states. So jump on the store if you're buying a, a clinical instructor or a student or a colleague a gift. Why not do it from a PT-owned and operated organization, ptpinecast.com. Let's get very serious. Here we go. Uh, active duty physical therapist serving for over 18 years in the Army and Air Force. So we're getting a couple different angles from the armed services. Our guest is deployed in support of wartime and humanitarian missions and has also taught dry needling courses of physical therapists around the world. In a post-Memorial Day episode, let's bring in Ember Riles. Ember, welcome to the show. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Ember, uh, thank you for, for your service. We appreciate it. I wanted to make sure we got that out of the way first, and I didn't forget to do that. Uh, Memorial Day, uh, what does it mean to you? What do you think about what do you do uh, being a, somebody who served in two branches of our armed service? Um, to me, it's the day to honor those who have made our country what it is. And so, um, like, I make sure to get the flags out front, lots of them, to show, like, we are pro-America. Um, yeah, I actually really think about particularly the World War II vets because I just feel like yeah. those 19-year-old kids that went out there and gave it all. So, I like that people are very much, I think, more conscious of what they say and do and what they're really thinking about because I think a lot of times when people say something, you can, you can provide lip service, but really watch what someone does. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And I think people are being very, very conscious about what they do and how they act and I think I think it's 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 because of the community. It's because of the people around it where we are paying attention to. I think more anyway, never perfect, but more on the right meanings for the holiday and the weekend and what what that really means and why you're enjoying not only that three day weekend, uh, but you're enjoying a lot of the things. Uh, you know, I heard someone say once, uh, was it warm in the bed that you slept la in last night? If it was, it was because someone was in someone was standing guard or in a foxhole somewhere making sure that that was possible for you. So that, that, that rings true and that, and that resonates. So again, thank you for your service in, in our intro, you served in the army and the air force. Um, I did. What was the, what was the order of that? Was the army air force, air force army? It was army then air force. All right. Yeah. So talk about that. It, is there a difference? How do you make the switch there or like in, and then there's gotta be some sort of hazing going on. Cause whenever you, whenever you change from one to the other, I don't care if it's sports teams or, or branches of the armed service. There's got to be some sort of like, you know, of rubbing in period. Yep. So the way my the way I got into the Army was I applied to the Army Baylor PT program. And at the time that I went, which was a long time ago, uh, you could choose between Army, Navy or public health. You could not choose Air Force. You mm -hmm. had to have already been wearing an Air Force uniform to apply and get selected for an Air Force slot. Um, so of course I, I wasn't going to go Navy, um, and public health didn't really interest me. So I put down army as my first choice. So they have lots of slots. They picked me up and then I went to PT school. And when I got out, I served at an army installation. And when my time was up, I, I took a very risky move and I actually separated completely. Wow. Um, and then I started the process of trying to find a recruiter that understood that I was already educated. I already knew all the medical systems that we use in the military. I already knew like how to manage patients in the military way. 
and convince them to let me try and just apply to the Air Force and get a slot. And it actually worked out really, really weird because I was in touch with multiple different recruiters and most were like, no, but you can enlist, you can enlist. And I said, no, 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 I'm not enlisting. And so I ended up um, finally finding a recruiter, a medical recruiter, recruiter who was like, wait, I think, I think I've heard of this program and I think we might be able to get you. And he said, come to my office on whatever day. And so I went down there and when I got there, he was on the phone and he was like, hold up. You know, I was like, yeah, no problem. And I was standing outside his room and it's just, you know, dumb luck who was on the phone, but the one Air Force PT that I happened to know. And no. he said his name was James Dauber. And uh, and James goes, wait, because he happened to mention, oh, yeah, I got this gal out there. Her name's Ember. You know, she's going to. And he goes, you've got who? And he actually was my clinical instructor. Oh, he goes, man. If, you, if you've got her there. You get her in there and get her to sign. Don't let her leave the room till she signs. And so that's how I got into the Air Force. So it was very good. You got to so. thank your parents for giving you a name that obviously stuck out. Because like, <laughs> I'm talking some name in Ember, you know, because there's Ember small <laughs> trees all, all, over, all over the place. And yeah. that, that CI, what are the odds that that CI is on the phone? Right at that time. That's what he even said. He's like, I never like am talking to a PT. So I was just like, oh, faith, this wow. is good. That is fantastic. All right. So that is the way that you made the transition. Gutsy move. You're saying you completely separated. Yes. And I had actually a fellow army buddy because there were 16 of us in my army Baylor class. And um, all my army classmates were like, you know, get, totally razzing me about going to the chair force. And uh, uh. which, you know, we didn't have fitness tests at that time. So I'm like, yeah, we are the chair force. So one of the army guys goes, hey, I'm going to give you a year in and see how it's going for you. And if it's going well, I'm going to do the same thing. Oh, wow. And I said, he sure enough, at a year, he reached out and was like, well, and I said, it's going great. So he separated and started the process and switched over too. So it is risky. I don't recommend it for everybody. So, but it worked out for me. <laughs> wow, good for you. All right, Amber, I, I skipped over one of the most important questions we'll ask uh, during episodes. Uh, hardest question we'll ask for an episode. What are we drinking? Ah, actually a little hard kombucha, flying embers. Yes, so. flying embers yeah. for I like that. Yeah. I'm, I am sticking with the summer theme and, and, and the pandemic theme in our uh, in our uh, Tumblr here uh, with the corona. So cheers to you. And again, thank you for uh, this. You. Um, you bet. Uh, thanks to our friends from Owens Recovery Science. They work down in Texas mm -hmm. as well with the military. Uh, if you're looking for certification, uh, for personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training, BFR, which came out of Army Research. He was mm -hmm. talking about all that last time he was on the show. OwensRecoveryScience.com for certification. They are gearing up for a lot of courses in 2021, many that got canceled during 2020, and they're going to make mm -hmm. up for it and then some just from checking out their website. They got a lot going on. OwensRecoveryScience.com, and in honor of uh, Memorial Day, they released three episodes this past week on their podcast, Owens Recovery Science Podcast, which you can find on iTunes. So thank you to that team. All right, Amber, we've had some military physical therapists on before. We actually just had Danny Matei, who was working in the Army for uh, for a while before going to private practice. So we've covered a lot of different topics in terms of what's it like, you know, how do you how do, how do you, you, know, you go in? I want to talk about something that came up in in in, in conversation before this episode that you had made a comment. How are you an officer first, then a clinician second, even if you're a physical therapist? So this is sort of like going along with, you're wearing multiple hats because you're an officer yeah. in an armed service. So you gotta mm -hmm. be that, but you're also a PT. 
So talk about what comes first, and I guess it's officer. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the hardest transition for those that um, have been practicing for a while and apply to the military and they get in um, because they think, well, I love patients and I'm here to do this job. Yeah, I'm wearing a uniform now, but I'm going to take care of the mission, which are these patients in front of me. And sometimes the military comes along and says, hey, I know you're a PT, but we're pulling you out of that position. And we want you to go be pretty much a secretary. We call it an executive. We want you to be a secretary to this general for a year or two. And you're like, I don't want to sit behind a desk. And they're like, it doesn't matter what you want because you're like, I have patience. It's, you know what, this, you put on this uniform, you become an officer first. So your role for the military is what takes precedence, not your role as a clinician. And so I think that's the, probably the hardest struggle for new PTs who have been practicing for a while that join up. Um, and that's what I even see um, when I have to do mentoring with some uh, PTs and things. They're terrific. We have top-notch clinicians across the board, like just phenomenal PTs. Um, and then, but some of them just need to develop a little bit more of that officership and some of those skills and how to wear the uniform and just um, how to be very professional and come across as a very competent officer for the Air Force. Well, well the program that you went went through in terms of Army Baylor, was that, sh- was that built into the structure, I'm guessing? Uh, no, it was, it's so pretty much it's PT school. It's a hundred. So back when I went, it was 18 months. You're wearing a uniform to class every day, but you are, instead of a three-year program, they condense it down. You're getting all the same information, but it's being thrown at you and shoved down your throat. And your job is just to learn. So you're a student for those 18 months. And then when you graduate, you go out and learn, you know, how to put it into practice. But it's on the job learning, being around other PTs who've been around how to be a, you know, an officer and how to do some of those other things that are outside your lane. Like sometimes back in the army, we had very, very regular training where they go, hey, okay, we blocked your schedule for the next week. And I'm like, but I have, I need to see my patients. No, you're going to be out in the field. I'm like, but it's 100 degrees outside. Like, I don't, I don't. And they're like, no, you need to go make sure you're firing a weapon and you know how to low crawl. And, and so that's where they sometimes were like, patient care is going to come second. You being able to do your job in a war zone is going to be first. So. Wow. How do you, how do you, how do you see other people um, dealing with that? Does everybody, you know, does everybody okay with it or do people kind of resist or, you know, what's, what's, what's the spectrum there? I think, um, I think because most of, we have a very, very large list of applicants that we, um, that want to join the Air Force every year. Um, And it's only a very few get in each year. So I think most of the ones that are applying know like, Hey, this is what to expect, and and right. I'd say the the better applicants because I I interview some of those applicants each year, um, the the better ones that I've seen they've spent time in a military clinic and so they've had time to bounce those questions off of a military PT and so they know what to expect and they also know how hard it was to get in that most of them come in and regardless of what age they join and they're like I'm going to do my full career like I like practicing the way that I do in the military setting versus being in the civilian sector. And so I think that's why they kind of adapt for the most part. In your experience, what makes, what are some qualities that make a great PT in the military specifically? I mean, this is a very, this is a very specific setting. I mean, not many PT clinics are going to say, Hey, go low crawl to their clinicians uh, out in the parking lot in the back. Right. So what are some, what are some characteristics that make a good PT specifically in the military? 
Um, I think you, so for being at least in the Air Force, because um, again, it was a while ago that I was in the Army, but probably the same for the Army still, you need to have very, very strong orthopedic skills because we are pretty much seeing orthopedic population. Right. It's rare to be doing a lot of inpatient. You're definitely not focused on geriatrics or pediatrics. Uh, women's health, uh, there are a few of those. They're very rare, but um, like I have sometimes people who come in and they're like, I just want to work with amputees. That's really rare. Um, so you have to be very strong in orthopedic skills. It's good if you already have some certifications, board certifications. Um, good if you have like already some dry needling skills. Um, I think those, the, we like to see all the degrees and certifications if possible, but then, um, just those good recommendations coming from the references that are part of your package that say, oh yeah, this guy is one of my top, or this gal is one of my top, I'd be really sad to see her go. So yeah. I think that makes um, probably the, the better PTs. So. so so the longer you're you're in your career, and we mentioned in, in the top of the show, you've been doing this for, for a long time, over 18 years. So that's a, that's a pretty good career so far. Sounds like yeah. you still like it anyway. You're speaking pretty good. I love it. I love um, it. Yeah. As as you're as you rise in rank, how do your responsibilities change? You mentioned you're an officer first and a clinician, right? So your responsibilities, the longer you're in, will just inevitably change. What are some things that have changed for you? You've seen change for others. So the biggest thing that like, because this is a lot of times an eye opener when I'm interviewing candidates and I explain to them, like, just because you want to come in and stay for a full career doesn't mean you'll necessarily get promoted each time. Um, it promotion is very much kind of a competition. Um, and the way, the best way to get promoted and stay in longer and longer is your job. So when you first come in, we just want to make sure that you're really good at being a clinician and understanding, you know, how to, you know, do your job as a PT. Then as you get good at that, okay, we're going to put you in charge of a small PT clinic. Okay. You're, you're nailing that. Now we're going to give you maybe PT and the orthotics clinic or even pediatrics. So you take more and more responsibility on and you become less of a clinician and more of an administrator. Um, you're supervising all these clinics, all these people, and then all the paperwork that comes along with the military career. Um, so that's the big thing that changes as you stick around. If you go, if you want to make higher and higher ranks, you have to really go into more of leadership positions. Um, we are having some changes though in like the air force where we're doing a lot more embedded pts we're putting them into units and and so they're not when you're in the, in those embedded units you're not in charge of a lot of people like if you stay in a med group in a med group you can be in charge of 100 people um so it's harder to show leadership when you're just taking care of those you know um operators that are out there you know on the front lines so we're try i think there's going to be a change to the promotions to show like, hey, you don't necessarily have to be in charge of a lot of people to show leadership. And those people, as we put more and more into those embedded settings, I'm hoping over the next few years that that will change. And the, the ones that really are rock stars will get recognized for their outstanding clinical skills. And yes, they are leading within the smaller sections that they're working in. Right. That's great. I mean, I feel like that that mimics that mimics uh, civilian life as well, right? If, you, if you're a PT mm -hmm. longer for some reason, you know, yeah. all right, this person's been around, they know their stuff, they're going to get promoted. And now you're, you're seeing that switch from more of an operator to more of a leader. Yep. Yes. Um, and we, you know, the episode we just uh, recorded with, uh, with Eric Miller, talking about kind of sh shifting hats, like, yes, you, you can wear a couple hats, two is probably as many as you want, three is too many. Uh, mm -hmm. But being that again, officer, and then a clinician as well. 
being in the military for 18 years, you got to have some great stories. I mean, people who are in the military <laughs> tend to accumulate some great stories. Anything that's like HIPAA compliant that you can tell, we, you know, we'll de-identify the stories, but any great moments from your 18 years working in the Army and the Air Force that come to mind when someone says, tell me about your career? Um, I will tell people, so I do a lot of mentoring for some of our younger PTs um, that are interested in it. Um, because I have been through like any possible situation that you can imagine, even your a year ago, your past guest, Drew Contreras, he saw me through some very unusual situations. Um, so I feel <laughs> there are just some real sticky situations that I don't want to go into too many details, but like I've just things that I didn't expect. And I will say grew me as not only as a person, but grew me as a leader. And I have been able to share those experiences with um, some of my subordinates as well as other PTs to say, hey, you might not want to go and do this because this is how that can come across. Um, so I, I mean, everything from um, just people trying to drag my name through the mud, um, yeah. being acu accused of fraternization, like some really bad stuff um, that all was not accurate. Um, so learning how to navigate those and still somehow manage to get promoted. Like, sure. I'm like, I'm like, if anybody can get promoted, it's me. Cause man, I've been through all sorts of stuff, but it's, I think it's really built my resilience as well. <laughs> so, um, but then patient wise, I've seen some really unique patients that, um, the one that sticks out in my mind right now, there was this patient who, um, I was actually out on a run at lunch and my technicians were there. And when I came back, they said, Hey, you, we got this patient coming in, you got to crutch train them. And our technicians do crutch training when it, somebody comes to get fitted. And I'm like, what? And I said, you can crutch train them. And they said, no, 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 no. You got to see them. You got to see them. And like, they were all really like, and so I'm like, okay, all right. I'll, you know, what time's it coming in? So he comes in and, um, and sure enough, like this guy, he is so ataxic and he's a, um, active duty enlisted individual in his twenties. And I'm like, what is happening here? And so as I'm just, and this was supposed to just be a very quick appointment, like, cause he wasn't even on my schedule. Um, I'm like, I start, I go to have him fill out something and I go to hand him a pen and he's got no fine motor skills. And I'm like, what is happening here? So, you know, again, way outside the realm of PT. And so I'm like, you know, I asked him a few quick and he talked kind of funny and, um, and I said, you know, is this running your family? Does anybody else in your family talk like you? Well, I guess, cause he talked funny and slow. And, uh, and so I'm like, he said, yeah, maybe. And so, so I said, you know, I'm going to order a brain MRI. Cause I just, something, something's not right here. And we're also going to give you a walker cause you can't handle crutches. Um, so then I call up his doc downstairs and I'm like, hey, are you familiar with this patient? Because it was a small enough base that we knew our patients. Oh, yeah. And I said, did you happen to notice like his, you know, twitchy movements and the way that he's talking? And the doc goes, yeah, he's from Kentucky. And I'm like, and so I'm like, were you gonna? And he's like, what? That's how people from Kentucky are. That blew my mind. And so ended up the guy's MRI came back. He had lesions all oh, over his brain. Oh, and he was just like 23, like this young kid. And so I'm like, Ooh, oh my goodness, this, this is definitely outside my realm. Uh, and so we sent him to a neuro, uh, neurology clinic and they were like, hey, we don't even know what you have. It kind of looks like MS, but it's not MS, but we don't know what it is. It's something new that doesn't have a diagnosis yet. And so he ended up getting medically boarded out of the military. But that's, yeah. 
just one that sticks in my head that I just, but, I couldn't believe my fellow professional. Sure. I'm like, what? And so that's where I'm like, oh, good thing I was really well trained. <laughs> Being from Kentucky, not a diagnosis. That is not a, <laughs> not a diagnosis. That just shows you as well. What I think it shows you is, man, especially in the military, but re- I mean, really with, with the profession of physical therapists is you have no idea what could possibly, you're like crutch training. Great. In and out 15 minutes tops. We're ready to go. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're doing, you're, you're ordering scans and you're finally, you know, that, that just shows yeah. the, the depth and the breadth of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, last thing I want to dig into, this is big in PT school. Um, and you mentioned, hey, if you want to come into the military and your goal is uh, I want to work with uh, with uh, patients with amputations, like some of those things are going to be few and far between. What what are the things that if someone says, hey, I'm thinking about a, a career as a physical therapist in the military, what are things that you'll you know, you'd want to make sure they knew before they spent time? Things that mm-hmm. if they knew that they would say, OK, maybe this isn't for me or what what should mm-hmm. students or new professionals thinking about it? know first. Okay, so first, you you have to be trained or working, preferably for a year or two, in an orthopedic clinic. Okay. So we the because when we get those candidates, we rack and stack them, and the ones who are spending all their time with nursing home patients or that kind of setting, they're not going to score as well. So, yeah. um, you have to be strong in those orthopedic skills. Um, you have to have your doctorate these days because it's so competitive. It's great if you get that board certification. Um, like you're coming in with it because the military will cover that. Um, but if, nowadays we just tell people, man, to really compete with everybody else, you need to have that. Um, any additional manual training that you have, that would be beneficial as well. So um, it's really, we just want to see a very good, strong orthopedic clinician. If you have any prior, like, hey, I spent time, like the one individual we were discussing earlier, spent time in a military clinic and they're aware of the systems that we use. Um, for patient documentation, that's huge. That's a huge like gold star because we're like, sweet, they're already going to, we're going to be able to give them a larger schedule. Not that our schedules are crazy, um, but faster than somebody who we have to train in that as well. So um, I've seen even some candidates are like, hey, I took additional radiology training or diagnostic imaging training. Um, and that also helps because we do a lot of reviewing of imaging and ordering and things like that. And just knowing that, oh, we've already got somebody who will, we can credential into that easier. That's going to help too. Um, I think you're I just know. highlighting like thinking, thinking of the end in the beginning, which is who are you going to be working yep. with, who are you going to be working for yep. and how can you best groom yourself even if you have a background, think about the end in the beginning and say, well, if I grew myself yeah. this way, um, I will be, uh, I'll, I'll be a, a, a better candidate because as you mentioned, yeah. terribly competitive. Yes. Yeah. I had two candidates and not last year, the previous year that I happened to interview in the same week and they both were from the Virginia beach area. And in part of my questioning, I'm always like, Oh, cause I know the Virginia beach area has three installations there. Yep. And I said to either of them, you know, hey, did you um, have you reached out to any of those clinics? Have you done any um, shadowing there? Both of them were like, no. And, I, and both of them like were born and raised there. And I'm like, why would you if you knew you wanted to join the military, not spend some time shadowing a military PT to make sure that you know that you want to join? Sure. The other, the other thing that I've seen during an interview, like when I start to explain the deployment rotations and the expectation that you oh. will deploy multiple times in your career and i've seen candidates go oh i thought i thought i could kind of get out of that and i'm like no if you're putting on a uniform you need to expect that you're going to deploy so yeah and that's turned a few off 
So, I, I all I hear, Amber, is you is you talking about like paying attention and being interested and asking questions yeah, yeah. so that you un that you understand, you know, the depth and breadth of the thing that you're getting into. It is not yeah. just what you see on the postcard. It is yeah. a lot. Yeah. In fact, you probably hardly ever see the postcard view. Yeah. yeah. No. no. Uh. -uh. No. Right. Yeah. I love so, that. I was going to say the other thing that gets to people is when it's suddenly like. I have a family vacation plan. And then your commander says, hey, by the way, we're sending you here. Or, hey, by the way, this unexpected trip popped up and you're going. And you're like, but I've had this trip planned or I have a kid on the way. Thanks the for military comes first. And so if yeah. you're not ready, and again, that's not always the case. Some commanders are able to find a way around and say, okay, you know, but, but sometimes you, you just got to go. You have yeah. prepared for that. You have to under. Yeah. You should have an understanding of the thing you are literally signing up for. Yes, absolutely. Because when you sign, you got to do the thing, right, Ember? Yeah. You got to do yeah. the thing. All right. Yeah. Um, if someone wanted to reach out and uh, ask questions, is there a contact info? If someone says, hey, I'd like to know more, uh, reach out to you. Or where else should they go? Resources to find out more. I would. I always like to say have we have a federal section of the American Physical Therapy Association. Mm -hmm. That's not too shabby. Yeah, We're definitely. Um, so if they're really interested in joining the military, um, first off, the number one thing I could say is go volunteer at a military clinic. Most, and it doesn't have to be like, let's say you want to join the air force. It doesn't have to be an air force clinic, although it's helpful, but go volunteer. Um, most of them will are like, yeah, you can come in like shadow and then you may have to go through a little bit of a process, but go do it. So you, you get that exposure. Um, and then look for a medical recruiter, the medical recruiters tend to know a bit more about the process. A general recruiter are the ones who will be like, oh yeah, you can join up, just sign on this dotted line. Suddenly you're an E1 instead of a captain. So large difference there. Listen, um, don't, Ember, don't go for the basic. Ember, that little bit of information might've just saved someone a gigantic mistake <laughs> that they cannot untie themselves from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of it, right? People said, yeah, uh -huh. I was promised this and I walked through mm -hmm. this door and I signed here. Next thing you know, you are not where you wanted to be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and then, yeah, they can always reach out to me. I'm the only Ember Riles in the Air Force. Um, so they can, I don't know if my email gets popped up there, but I do yeah. respond to my emails. So, yeah. Sounds good. All right, Ember, we're going to play uh, three questions. Are you ready for that? Okay. Do it. All right, thanks to our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing for supporting the show. Leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. Find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. Let your PT or PTA license take you where you want to go as a travel physical therapist. Or join the military, and you might have a vacation planned. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're somewhere else. You never know. Um, Amber, uh, first question on three questions is a where question. I got to know, in 18 years in the military, you've probably seen some awesome places. Yeah, absolutely. Where where, what's like tops on your list? You know, top number one or, you know, a couple top places on the list that you visited as a military PT. Okay. Well, the, the most unusual place was probably Mongolia. Okay. Um, I yeah. never, never expected to go to Mongolia in my career. Um, so that was really cool. The most beautiful in my career, um, probably Alaska. That yeah. was, oh, it's just beautiful up there. Um, and then of course my, I'm actually living in my dream location, which is out here in Utah. Um, and that was also very unexpected and it is, yeah. we've got a beautiful view of the mountains out our front window. That's great. All right. Well, where there are people, 
uh, Utah and Alaska, or you go a little Genghis Khan, even Mongolia, uh, there need is a need for PT. So find them online, fusionmedstaff.com. Again, leaders in uh, hashtag travel PT, and they have job transparency. Make sure you ask the right questions before you sign on that dotted line, right? You want to make sure you're getting in, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Uh, fusionmedstaff.com. Second question, Ember, is a what question. What is something that you've watched or read or listened to? A book, a movie, a podcast. Just something that you're like, yeah, the audience would get value from this. Anything that comes to mind. Well, um, I have to say, since I just got back from deployment, I haven't done a lot of reading. I read a book a week while I was over there. Um, but uh, and so what, I've, what, what's something that you've read on deployment when you were cranking out a book a week? Any and then it jumped up. This is how I stack up my reading list. You know what? The the coolest one that sticks out, and it took me longer than a week to read because I was enjoying it so much because it was phenomenally written. It's based on the 1930s um, U.S. rowing team that went to the Olympics um, okay. in Germany, and it's called Boys in the Boat. And it was it like it was my coworker was laughing because he had already read it, and I said I I have to put it down because the way that he would write like the races, each of the individual races that it took the team to get to the Olympic. Oh. It was it was phenomenally written. So I'm good writing, and I'm a I'm a sucker for the Olympics. Every four every two years when it pops up, I'm a complete sucker. I love watching sports that I never pay attention to, like biathlon or you know skeleton. But I am right there directly. If you're watching a live stream on YouTube or on Facebook uh, off camera, I've got and this is like the Olympic buff in me. I've got a U.S men's hockey jersey for the 1980 olympic squad signed by 13 members of a team i just love the olympics i love that is so cool that's awesome all right third question on three questions is a who question who is someone the audience should know more about i purposefully keep this very open and it could be anybody but who's someone they should know more about i um actually gotta put a shout out to um really great she's no longer in the air force but she served as an occupational therapist her name was is jen Byrne. Um, she, she's a rock star, man. And she really was changing the way that air force occupational therapy was going. Um, and now she's out in Florida, just got her doctorate and going and doing great things with there. I I love when we, when people use the, uh, this question on three questions to really give a nod to colleagues doing amazing things. So I I just love that. Give it to the OT. All right. Uh, Last thing we do on the show, we call it the parting shot. Let's do that. And we're doing a lot of talking about making sure you've got a great orthopedic background. Uh, Parting Shot brought brought to you by our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Largest uh, academy in the uh, American Physical Therapy Association. Ember also mentioned if you're thinking about maybe improving your chances of being a military PT, maybe getting that OCS, right? Focusing on orthopedics and getting that certification. They've got a great independent study course called Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Really, it's a roadmap to get that OCS. If you're like, well, I want to do it, but what are the steps? And I don't know if I have the time to map it out myself. They've mapped it out for you current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy who who better to get it from than the academy of so find them online at orthopt.org all right ember a parting shot really your last chance for a mic drop moment soapbox whatever you want to use this as this is your parting shot 
All right. Probably the one thing that I say more than anything to um, people that are supervised and to fellow PTs, um, people love to say no. That's like their gut reaction. I want to try. No, you know, they, it's a natural. They, they're very negative um, kind of naturally. Um, so my big rule has always been if it's not illegal, if it's not immoral and it's not unethical, go and try it. And then when you would allow people to do that, a lot of times new ideas, new concepts come to life and, and things just get better. And so I just, I like to tell people like, don't ask questions. Just if it doesn't fall into one of those three, I can have your back and you can go and try and see if it works. And if it didn't, okay, no big deal. Go ahead and reroute. So we got to put that on a pint glass. If it's not what illegal, if it's not illegal, immoral or unethical, go for it. Do it. What are they going to, I mean, yeah. if, if, if it passes those three tests then yeah. we've just said, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Emma Roz, appreciate you taking the time out again. Thank you for your service. A lot of people uh, chiming in and saying, thank you for your service uh, on the live stream as well. Uh, thanks for doing what you do over and over for, uh, for the, for the profession and for the patients that you serve um, and appreciate your time on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. To providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.